to experience the ripple effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Hello and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm Brett Johnston. I'm JJ Chinowski. And here tonight we have the dokes and and the, the amazing, just, you know, honor that we have tonight to have them here with us. Um, they're an amazing family. They've given so much to the Building Utah Youth Program. And, you know, they really live the essence of our training and what we do and what we're about. So I get to introduce Tucker Doak. Well, hi. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for having us. Uh, my name is Tucker Doak. I'm here with my family, uh, my wife, Jamie Doak, my daughter, McClay Doak, and my son, Ryland Doak. And we're, uh, we're very, we're very happy to be here doing this. Awesome. It's glad and I'm, I'm happy to have you. This is going to be a fun night. Um, do you want to start out Tucker? Just kind of go back to maybe the beginning. And I want to talk about the dokes for just a minute in the essence that, you know, they're not a large family from the, the point of height, but they are a large family in the point of their hearts. So when I, when I mentioned they've given so much back to, you know, building Utah youth and, and what we're all about. And, and not only that, but just living rapport, that entire journey has, you know, it's been a roller coaster ride and you guys have been on that ride. And so that's why we're so ex- excited to listen and, and, and hear about your lives and not just your lives, but your lessons from that, those, those, that life that you've lived. So yeah, let's start with, um, you know, uh, we'd love to, to, you know, tell the story and the journey. So let's think back to when, you know, Tucker and Jamie, you know, met. And I want to really hear how you met because I don't know how you two met. Jamie will be the first one to speak. Oh, Tucker and I met uh, back in 1998. And um, we were waiting in line. I had just graduated high school two days prior. And waiting in line um, for Garth Brooks tickets at Smith's back when you used to have to wait in line, um, spend the night overnight. And uh, it all started when he offered me some cheese sticks and I turned him down. Yeah. It didn't all start there. No, it, it started, um, I was standing behind her and first I noticed her booty. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> but, but that's not the, the main thing that attracted me. The main thing that attracted me was her eyes. She turned around, I saw those those bright eyes, and that just sucked me in completely. And I was I was sunk right from that point on. And then it got into the, the cheese fries that I offered and oh, go ahead. It was a cheese stick. And I turned him down politely. And uh, then I saw him in his truck. My friend kept saying, Do you want me to introduce him? And I was like, No. I was kinda waiting for somebody and I was like, No. And she's like, Come on, he's leaving. And I saw him getting his big truck, this 78 Chevy lifted. It was pretty mm. sweet. And I'm like, well, you can give him my number. How often do they actually, you know, call you? So we went over there and gave him my number. And uh, the next day he invited me to a jazz game over at his friend's house and a barbecue. And 
um, that was that was it. We were we were engaged a couple months later and married five months to the day, and now we're going on twenty five years. So wow, it worked. I love it because this is this is really similar to you know my life. But anyways, so a couple months engaged and five months to the wedding day. To the day, yeah, yeah. and then twenty five years of marriage. Almost, we're almost there. almost twenty five years. It's been easy, right? I don't know if you can yeah. say that. But it's been yeah, a so ride. so I, I had no idea about how you guys met, and that, that's you know so many people have you know everybody has their story, right? But um, you know, I, I think back to the to the um, you know messages that's been shared with me over and over and over again about you know people that win or those that don't quit, you know people that have success or those that don't quit. So I'm just excited. We're excited. Our listeners listeners are excited to hear about, you know, your journey. So let's get started. I did want to back up real quick one second. You know, a lot of people say um, when you meet the one, you'll know, you'll know. And when you know, you'll know. Um, I, I date a lot of girls in my life, but there was never that spark there. There was never that that one thing that motivated me every day and got me excited about life. Um, but then when I met the one, I knew. And it was that day for Garth Brooks tickets. I knew from that day forward that that was going to be my wife. That was my soulmate. And I was going to spend the rest of my life with her. Um, But up to that point, I'd never felt that type of feeling. So when people say, you know, when the one it's true, it's 100% true, you know, and that you just can't let go of that feeling. It hits you hard, grabs a hold of you and it will not let go. So I had to step back, so I'll let you go ahead. It was slightly creepy when I met my sister-in-law. <laughs> that wasn't my sister-in-law in the beginning, obviously, but she said, the day he came home, he said, Mom, I met the girl I'm going to marry. And I didn't know if that was like butterflies or creepy, but I'll take it. Love it. So then what? Then um, McClay came along really quickly and, and no regrets. She came flying in and hasn't <laughs> slowed down since, but... Um, it, uh, it was, it was awesome. I was told I wouldn't be able to have children and had a surgery and lo and behold, she snuck on in and, and, uh, such a blessing, but, and then slowly, I was going to sue that doctor for everything <laughs> he had <laughs> No, you for leading weren't. me down the wrong seat. Oh, don't gosh. worry. You cannot have kids. You cannot have kids. <laughs> you wanted him. Boy, he was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got McClay. Yep. And then look who we got stuck with. And she's had you wrapped from day one before she even made it here. So, yeah, yeah, that was, I was working construction at the time, um, 50 hours a week. It was all over the, the state, out of state. It was hard, but I was doing everything I could to provide for my new family. And it was tough. And whenever I was home, I cherished every minute with my daughter. Um, she was my princess. I put her on a pedestal and, uh, she always had the little pink princess thing and, and we were struggling parents attempting to figure out life without a playbook. And uh, we failed miserably at times, and sometimes we were successful. Um, but between both of us coming together, wanting the same goal for life, the best for our kids, um, I think we've done pretty good so far. We've definitely worked hard at it. How soon was McClay? It, it was right after you got married? Like mm-hmm. nine months? I was my dad's before she was. Let's say that. Oh. This is true. This is true. She definitely was 
was her dad's before I was, but well, not really, but I kind was of. There. <laughs> she I was, was at there. the wedding in your belly. She was. She was definitely a but good surprise. We didn't know it. Nope, we didn't know. Yeah, because that doctor said it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, let's it, keep moving. It was shortly after that uh, that Tucker came along, and you know, just like anything, you plan. And we we had a new house. We had you know good jobs and new vehicles and a daughter and, and a plan to have, of course, the perfect baby boy and be done. Right. And, uh, he is perfect in every way. Um, Tucker came along with an unknown syndrome and a, and a lot of fun and a wild, wild, wild ride. Um, you know, a guy that I, I look up to quite a bit and I hear it a lot. It says life shows up on a random Tuesday yeah, and or Thursday or Thursday. <laughs> and, and that's so true. Nothing could have been more true than, than, than when little Tuck was born. So just for the audience, um, w- explain who Tucker is and his, where he's at, you know, when he was born, what was he diagnosed with? Just so everybody understands. Yeah. Tucker is, uh, actually 21 months younger than McClay. And, uh, he was born with an unknown syndrome, spent quite a bit of time in the NICU. Um, he has an, again, it's unknown, um, he does have severe autism. He's nonverbal. He has some behavioral issues and a lot of anomalies. Um, before he was actually told, we were told he wouldn't live to be one. Um, they sent him home with a transition nurse. And uh, it's a good thing Tucker and I were young and dumb because I had no clue what a transition nurse was. I, I actually thought it was a transition from hospital to home to teach us that. Um, it, it wasn't until years later, we actually ran into her um, four years ago at a performance that Tucker did. And, and she remembered um, us and she actually came back and said, um, I was this transition nurse. And at that point I said, yeah, transition from hospital to home. And she looks at me and, and she was like, no, he was not expected to live. I was sent home because he was to pass. Um, I didn't know that. Uh, they did tell us they didn't expect him to be one, but we have, Tucker and I have worked really hard and, and even our kids have worked really hard to, Stick to the motto that Tucker will teach us what he's going to do. Tucker will show us what he will do. And that's why him being unknown and his syndrome being unknown, um, nobody gets to limit us. And nobody gets to tell us he's going to live till here or there. Or um, He'll never do this. Tucker, Tucker gets to be the plan. He gets to, he gets to make the path. And he is, he's made a great path. So this is 24 months into your marriage. How old are you two right now? I was 21. Let's see right now, I'm 34. You were not 34. And you weren't 34 then. Okay, right now I'm 24. <laughs> Tucker would have been 27, and I would have been 21. Well, I, I, thought, I thought you asked how old we are right now. You were not that old right now either. <laughs> I was talking about when Tucker was born. Yeah, so, so at that young, I mean, you guys were really experienced in life really experienced but the the cool thing is 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 you know you've got mcclay you got a little tuck and you know you got this beautiful little family and you're still not done no no there was there was no being done it was it was definitely uh they said a wild ride and how tucker had said before um at this point he was working a lot of away hours mm-hmm. a lot um I can definitely say exceptions of financially. I knew what it was like to be a single mom and a lot of um, medical visits and a lot of alone and a lot of unknown and a lot of survival. Um, 
which has made me who I am today, which I don't know if it's a good thing, to be honest. Um, I definitely am a fighter. I, I struggle um, being vulnerable um, in everything I do in life. Um, but along that time would be when our rapport journey started. We actually, one of those times he was home, we, we uh, got Rylan. <laughs> I was pregnant with, with Rylan when Tucker headed off to a rapport. And uh, I'll let him take it from here, but I will tell you rapport saved our marriage. What year was this? 2006. Yeah. Um, at that time, I was working construction. I was with a fantastic company, and I considered them more family than company because we were so close. I was the 33rd employee with this company. I started out kicking a shovel. It's okay if you call out the company. It was Sorensen Construction. Um, I was the 33rd employee. Um, started out kicking a shovel. Worked real hard, real fast, and found my way up to um, being a construction manager. And that led me out of state uh, managing projects. And the higher you get, the more responsibility. And I understood that. But with a young family, it was very tough. It was very hard to balance the two. And at times, I wanted to give the job up and something with less pay to be with my family. And I'm glad I stuck it out because the Sorensons believed in me enough to send me to a training called Report Leadership International. Um, they told me, you're going to go to Vegas. You're going to go to this training and um, you don't have a choice. And I really, and I know we're joking. You have a choice, but you don't. <laughs> so um, me and four other guys from the company um, flew to Vegas. Um, had no clue about anything. We're walking around getting teased about pink backpacks on our back, walking through the Vegas airport. Um, that was pretty tough. I didn't understand at the time what was even happening. From there, um, I graduated LB1, team leadership, or uh, LB1. And there were some things that were, you know, popped in my head from discovering myself in a way more about myself that I knew we were struggling in our marriage and things weren't very good. And leadership building one had a huge impact on me as a person to change behaviors and attitude and mindset of everything that um, I've been doing wrong in a lot of things in life. Um, and it was no secret. We were about ready to divorce because things were so bad. Um, she'd already seen an attorney. It was just, I was working so much. The stress was just too much. It was just a combination, perfect storm of everything. Um, but when I came back, when I came back, um, I got home late off the airplane and I sat Jamie down. I said, let's talk. And she kind of looked at me like I was crazy. She's like, what? I said, let's talk. I, I want to talk. And I talked her ear off. I listened her ear off. Um, all of a sudden, it's morning. Sun's up. And we're still talking. And we're still, I'm still listening. And um, at that point, I had made a decision that um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not the best person. I don't have all the answers for everything. But that weekend I spent in Vegas lit a fire under me to protect my family 
and protect what we have as a family. And it's all, all for something. I didn't want to give it up. I didn't want to, I didn't want to walk away. I didn't want to lose everything that I'd worked so hard for. And then knowing that I had another child, you know, a child with special needs, it even added to the, the fire of, you know, not everybody can say they're in my shoes and I really wouldn't want everybody to say they're in my shoes, but not everybody can. And that means I have to step up even more. That means I have to be even more. Um, and, and it was hard having her look at me like, why haven't you said this to me all the time? And I'd find myself having so many walls in front of me to my own family, which hurts me to, to say, but I had all these walls in front of me that my wife would say, hey, let's talk. i say, I don't want to talk. I'm, I'm good. I had too much going on with work. I got too much, you know, stress with brand new babies. I, I don't want to talk. And uh, things changed. And from there, we, uh, like uh, Jamie said, we, we had little Rylan. Hey, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> and Rylan entered our, our world. And uh, all of a sudden, we have, we have three kids. And the big brother has a little brother. And it was, it was weird seeing the two together and, and knowing that they're not the same. I mean, it's, it's obvious they're not the same, but I want to give them the same life as if they were. And here's Rylan. Can I, can I interrupt just real quick? As you're telling your rapport story, leadership breakthrough one, Jamie started out, it saved our marriage. And you said... I changed some behaviors. What were the behaviors that you changed? You know, the walls I had built up over years of having to have walls in front of me to survive. Um, not communicating to the best of my ability with my own wife. Um, those were things that were, were putting a strain on, on our marriage, on everything, day-to-day life. Not having confidence in in being a a good husband um not having respect in myself to know that i was good enough that i was a a good enough man or husband to be able to provide for them i was insecure very insecure in life in general so there were so many things that uh that was wrong with me (laughs) that, that i had i don't think there was anything wrong but there was definitely a lack of communication um or even just bad communication when he was there. And um, not only was it alone because he was gone, but even when he was there, um, I felt very alone. And so that night when he speaks of first, he missed a huge thing is the fact that when he went to LB1, he got most improved, um, which was a huge thing. Um, I did not bring him to the airport. I was mad at him. I did not care when he got home. And I was even more mad that he didn't call his kids. But at that point, I didn't realize that they could not. Um, there was no service and he couldn't get all of his kids. And so when he came home at two o'clock in the morning, there's no lies that we were up till like six kids got up before we went to bed and we just never went to bed that night. But it was the best um, hours. I think I had waited seven years for, for those things to be said. I knew how he felt, but verbalization was definitely not there. Um, I just felt super alone and carrying a very, very heavy, heavy cross, a very heavy load, um, which I felt was solo um, we did, we did go see a counselor. We did, you know, do this questionnaire and, and uh, it's crazy when you're asked questions and you answer them. So your, your goals, your values, your morals, the way that you want to raise kids, 
everything is the same. You're just going about it in a different way. Um, our lines were just crossing. And so once we got on the same page, um, I can honestly feel like we were unstoppable. Like mm. we just felt unstoppable. Um, so nothing but wow. So then you got to go to class. <laughs> and I got to go to class. <laughs> it was, it was uh, some time later. Um, a year. I went a year later. I had ended up um, going to power communication after that. Um, and after power communication, I said, you know, you need to go. I want you to go. I protested. I, I did not feel like I did. I, I totally was like, I am not the problem. You were the problem. We're good now. Like, I don't need to go. Where else in your life does that show up? <laughs> lots of places. Lots of places. Yeah, she protests too much. I definitely protested. Really, um, probably like many people, um, Tucker was in business. Tucker was doing this. I, at that point, felt like I was, I, I actually said it. I, I'm just a mom and I'm just a waitress. Like, this is, this is leadership. Where do I need that in my life? And whoa, um, honestly, I, there was a huge awakening on um, my journey. Um, and this is the part I was most afraid of uh, uh, to come and be vulnerable. Um, when I went there again, I didn't think that I needed it for leadership. I knew in my life I was, I was a leader. I was taking control, took the boy, the horns. Um, I did what needed to be done. I didn't feel like I really necessarily needed leadership. Um, I didn't realize like professionally, I didn't need leadership. Um, maybe I did, but um, it was more along the lines of personally. Um, I didn't realize that. And I did realize but I had some things that had happened to me when I was 15 and it was a block to my block that blocked me in everything in life. And that's, um, I was, I was actually sexually assaulted when I was 15 and I didn't realize that that affected every part of my life, including my marriage. And there was boundaries. There was walls that uh, quite honestly were unbreakable even to my own husband. So at that time I didn't, I didn't know that, like, of course, it's easier to blame him for those, for those walls and those boundaries and those uh, miscommunications. Um, so when I went through, um, there's several modules that you go through. And, and uh, I'll be honest, I like killed it on all of them, exceptions of one. Um, I was actually pulled aside by my trainer after and, and uh, told, um, when given the opportunity to, to hug or talk to or, or pick and choose who you want to engage with, um, you're a powerhouse. Um, but when that is taken away from you, you crumble, which is entirely true. When I can pick people that are in my bubble or in my circle, I'm fine. When that control is taken away, uh, I do. I, I somewhat fall apart, um, which has been um, something that has helped me survive, you know, having a special needs son and all the, all the different things in my life. When I say I'm a survivor, that is one thing that I have carried through is, is I can power through something um, where it is crippling um, is I tend to attempt to control my circle, which if you fall in my circle, you may or may not be controlled. Um, it is a downfall and it is hard to overcome. But my journey with uh, my LB1 class and what I got out of that is that I am not a victim that this person took 15 minutes of my life. I gave him 12 years mm -hmm. and I was taking the rest back. So my why on why I do what I do with building Utah youth is just that. Um, I am one of many um, 
to speak of an experience that talks about just this is in building Utah youth, we get the opportunity to give back. And there was one particular day that sticks out and it was um, at youth impact mm. volunteering. And we did a activity that asked, it happened to be for whatever reason, usually it's mixed company, it's boys and girls, but it happened to be uh, me, a couple of helpers and 10 girls. And uh, one of the questions, and it was anonymous was, um, what is something that has either impacted your life for the good or the bad? And again, it was anonymous. They got to write it down. Um, and then we pulled it out one by one and we read it. And at that moment, I realized what my why was. And that was because out of eight out of 10 girls, um, it was sexual assault. And I realized like, this is my why to talk about like one, no means no, uh, obviously like how to keep your circle and to feel confident to reach out to people around you and to talk about it. And if I wanted more than anything, what I wanted, um, walking away from that day is, um, to watch these girls not be 32 and still have this weighing on them. If, if something has happened to them, um, so when I left my LB1 class and came home, I realized it didn't have to be professionally that leadership can, can help your life. It can be personally. Um, and, and I definitely have felt a lot of growth um, personally with my journey and found my way. Thank you. You're welcome. You know, in, in the middle of all that, you know, Jamie comes home from LB1. Um, we're still a young family. We're still attempting to figure everything out. The kids are still very young. Um, Sorensen sends me to another class, um, power communication. Um, and at that point, I'm saying, you know, Jamie, you need to get involved with this more. You're going to go to the next class. We didn't have the money, um, but there were some fantastic people at Report Leadership International that said, uh, we got you. Well, we're going to work this out. And uh, they worked it out for us and made it possible um, to where after I attended um, LB2 and became a master grad, um, I was able to get Jamie into power communication and be on team. And being on the outside looking in when, my, when I know my spouse is vulnerable and um, being placed in a, a position that she's not normal with, um, normal, normal always. That, that outside, you're not normal. Um, being on the outside, looking in, um, wanting to help her so much, but knowing that she had to go through this journey on her own. Um, but throughout these, these, uh, classes, we're just getting stronger. And I didn't notice it like right off the bat. But it was little by little I was noticing tools and, and things that we've learned along the way that were coming together. Everything was coming together. I was maturing a little more. Things were just evolving. And it's, it was because of, of the training that we were both going through at the time. Um, having to deal with such young kids, a child with a disability. All this stuff balled into one. I don't know if necessarily I would have gotten through everything without specific training to guide me and help give me tools to, um, to help myself and give me confidence to move forward. 
I just have to say power communications is still my all-time favorite class. They're all fantastic, but that's my all-time favorite class. So McClay and Rylan, you guys have been patiently sitting here listening to this. Do you guys remember any of this timeline? Any of these, you know, instances or, you know, when, when mom and dad went off to this training or even any of the conversation that was happening at home or, or the rough times. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I remember pretty well when my mom filed for divorce and we, we were waiting. Yeah. She had all the papers. So I remember that. I remember the same thing, Tucker. (laughs) I remember them coming back and just being a power couple after that. They were a home front and they've stuck by that. So I want you to think about as how old were you at this time? I don't remember. My mom says eight. So, so eight or younger, right? So do you remember like mom and dad before that? Mom and dad didn't have, they didn't show affection towards each other. That was something that. When that started, it was shocking to us, like to watch my dad walk up and kiss my mom in the kitchen. That wasn't something we had seen before. Um, To watch my dad walk up and slap her butt and just joke around, that wasn't things that we grew up with. So (laughs) to watch that, it was amazing to see their relationship take another step and to watch what you want in life. It was something to look up to where before it was sad. It was sad to see them them unhappy it was sad to see the lack of connection so it was cool to watch um honestly no I was at a really young age and I was just kind of in my own world didn't really pay attention just doing my own thing so no I really don't see you were young enough that you don't remember this time but but McClay does yes right and you know you guys you guys were a unit really this time, I mean, you're a family of five, and and I know that both you and McClay were already stepping up to help with with little Tuck, right? Oh yeah, this was already a big piece of your family unit. Like it was, it was a big piece of who you guys really are, and and you know, really about how to get through every day. And and what how did how did that or, you know what was it like for you guys you know early on with little Tuck? Um, you really had to grow up quick. There was no really time to mess around. My mom says I never crawled. Yeah, Rylan never crawled. He learned that, that running and walking was faster. We Nobody in my family ever remembers him crawling. I really don't think he did. His Mc- little tuck was on him. <laughs> yeah. McClay uh. potty trained herself. Um, she actually potty trained herself at 16 months, then regressed when Tucker was born, and then um, a week after she turned two, uh, that girl was, she was done for, um, she, she didn't turn back. And so they, they have had to their whole life grow up really fast. I also potty trained Tucker. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> he had to be potty trained to go into junior high. And I was like, you're going to junior high. <laughs> you're like, I need this time. You're going to junior <laughs> high. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I need a break. Yeah. How, how was it for you, Ryland, to have a big brother like little Tuck? Um, it was just a weird experience. I don't really know how to put it into words, but you just have that protective instinct, but it's like amplified by 10. And it's just, it's crazy. I'd look out for him for the stupidest stuff. Like 
there's a reason why they call me the little big brother. That's awesome. So I want you guys to fast forward because this is really where, you know, you guys start writing, you know, the, the story, right? The, the love story, the, you know, there's, there's still plenty of roller coaster rides, right? Everybody has them, but this is really start. This is really where you guys start to, you know, put some steam into the story. So, um, you both go to class, you know, and, and then the journey really starts and, you know, when did you guys really start focusing on, you know, giving back and understanding what that was all about? I mean, I know that you've continued to be involved in, in so many different areas, even before building Utah youth. Yeah. For me, um, it might be a little bit selfish, but I love to be involved in anything that's giving back, whether it's a Christmas tree Jubilee, whether it's FFA, whether, um, girls and boys club, youth, youth impact, building Utah youth, um, I started with JJ over at Youth Impact and uh, joined the board about eight years ago, somewhere around that. Um, and it has been one of the most fulfilling um, things that I've probably ever done. Um, it gives you the opportunity to look outside of yourself. It gives me the opportunity that I can look outside of myself, uh, my needs at home. Um, a lot of people will say, why do you do that? Your hands are already full. Um, oftentimes, uh, we as moms, we as parents, we are caretakers, but to be able to look outside of my house, my family, uh, the things that are going on in my life and realize it, it, it also makes you realize that, that things aren't as perfect in everybody else's life. So you can reflect mm-hmm. on yours and know that you are normal. I am normal. My family is normal. Um, it also has given me the opportunity to um, just feel like I have purpose outside of my home and outside of myself. Uh, it, it, it honestly has been next to amazing, to be honest. So, and then jo- Tucker joined us on the board. He had an amazing speech, by yeah, the way. Tucker, Tucker's always had a lot to say, which is amazing, even though um, he does have a lot to say. He's just one of those leaders that, first and foremost, he's an excellent listener, almost to the extent that you better be prepared when he starts to talk, right? But I want to, I want to spend a little bit of time, um, selfishly talking about McClay and, um, Rylan and a little bit about your journey because you guys, you know, it, it's, it's been a little while for you, McClay and Rylan. It's, it's been pretty quick, yeah. but, but ultimately, um, the years go by fast, too fast. Yeah. I remember when I got to meet you. For me, it was like the first time I got to meet McClay and we were, we were at the hub in Riverdale Yeah, and I was doing a recharge event for the teens. And I just remember meeting you that day and just going, wow, yep, this is definitely a doke. Yep. Yep. <laughs> McClay is definitely a doke. And, you know, been a little bit of a part of your journey, you know, with your mom and dad and, and. But I want to hear about you, your journey and then Rylan, you as well. We want to hear about, you know, what you guys have experienced through growing up and, and, and just how, you know, some of the experiences have, and, and then not only that, the experiences being put up against, you know, your awareness and your family and how you've been able to overcome and move through and, and things like that. So I want to start with you, McClay. Oh boy. Well, um, I've taken care of Tucker since I was 13, pretty independently. 
when my parents worked both full-time jobs. So that raised me into being a caretaker. And how did that feel? It's a blessing. It is. But how did it feel? It felt good. It taught me later on in the years that I need to take care of myself as well. I need to put what I want and things that I like first as well and not just try to people please and make sure everything's perfect for everything else. Yeah. How did that taste? Taste okay? Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember going to TLB? Yes. I was able to go when I was 14. You had to be, okay. I was 15. You had to be 16. They let me go early because I have a late birthday and it was cool. I got to go with my at the time, best friend Maddie. And I think in ways that held me back a little because I had a comfort and a friend there. But in my life now, I still take the teachings and they pop into my head and it's cool to apply them to my life now and teach them to others in a way that they understand it. And then I went to Eagle Quest and that was amazing. It was a good getaway from my parents, but I learned a lot. It was really cool to be that independent and meet as many people as I did and learn as much about myself that I did. I had to break a lot of walls and stand on wires and it was scary, but life is scary. So it was a good journey. Yeah, because after that, it was like we always say at the end of the the training, you know, the next module is the toughest one. Yeah. Right. Yep. And you walk out into life and you have all this awareness and you have all these tools and, you know, you have strong values being a part of the Doak family, you know, and yet when we get into life, it life is about experiencing life is about doing and, and just, just like most adults will tell you that, you know, life is about taking some risk Life is about experiencing things to know that, you know, this is, this is what I, this is who I am. This is why I know who I am because this is the life that I've experienced and lived. And, and so walking out of, of teen leadership breakthrough and then being able to go to teen ego quest, which is definitely a favorite. Um, and then, you know, walking back into life, that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, Oh, I've got, I know everything I need to know and I have all the tools I need to have. It it just means that like, I've had some more experience. I've learned some other things. Um, I've had some other conversations with myself and other people, and I know how to get real with myself and other people. So like to hear from you, you know, how that has, you know, helped and, you know, some of the, the journey that you've been on before we get into Ryland, because I know when he went to class, you were really excited for him to go to class. <laughs> even though I remember you weren't able to come to his graduation. Yeah, I remember, I remember that. that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, I don't know where to start. It was cool learning and t- taking what I learned into my daily life and building upon it. And it makes it easier to realize when you're doing something toxic or not, when I'm doing something toxic or not right for myself, I can point out the qualities and what I'm doing, hold myself accountable and acknowledge that I'm being not the way I should be, maybe not toxic, but there's better ways to handle it. 
Um, it made me be able to see things from different points of view. Um, I can see it from someone else's point of view, but also realize that what I feel is what I feel. Um, the reason why I'm putting you on the spot is, is because, you know, you're super mature right now. You really are. You've got so many things going on and, and, and you're really living your version of your life. And, and the reason why the listeners get to hear that is because I will speak for myself. There are so many times in my life when I thought I was doing the right thing in my heart. And then later on, I realized I wasn't and or vice versa. I had people in my life telling me I wasn't doing the right thing or that there was the, that, you know, there was a better path for me or that's the wrong choice. And I find out later on, no, no, it wasn't like I get to do these things because these things are what make me who I are, who I am. And, you know, listening to your mom and dad talk about how they met and that they dated for, you know, two years and they were married after four years, <laughs> which isn't what happened, right? No. But but it's a love story. And, and it really is. It's a it's a story that that it's possible. And 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 sometimes in life we just get to follow our hearts and and trust ourselves and and think about the fact that we do even though we have no idea what we're doing like we just get to do right and and by doing we get to experience and by experiencing we become more knowledgeable and we have experience in this life where we get to share those things so that's the only reason I'm putting you on the spot is because you know Rylan is you know, he's still all about, you know, pickup trucks and, and things like that. Right. I mean, really, hey, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with pickup <laughs> trucks, bro. But, but McClay, I mean, you're out there, you're on this adventure already in life. We I mean, can jump into it. Let's, yeah. let's dig deep. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I decided to move out one day, spur of the moment. I got mad at my mom and I packed my crap and left. And how old were you? I think I was 19 and it was hard. I left being told I was moving into somewhere. And when I arrived, I didn't have a room. So at that point, I wasn't going to tell my parents. And so I went and lived with a boyfriend. I've been with him ever since. Um, that's not what my parents wanted for me. It was hard. And there was times where I definitely wanted to turn back time and go back home. But they've always taught me to be independent and make it. And it wasn't bad enough to go back home. I knew I could do it. Did you have that fighter in you? Yeah. And I got that from my mom. So it's not easy. It's, it gets better. But you always think about going home. It's not worth it. Don't, don't just spur the moment, move out. But I do have to say I learned a lot about myself. My whole life I've always turned to my mom or my dad to help me make decisions. And I still do sometimes. But that was something that I had to realize is mom's not right here to tell me if this is right or wrong and I'm going to make the decision and I have to live with that consequence. Mm. And it taught me a lot. It, I let good jobs go. I took bad jobs, vice versa. And you roll with it. You, I roll with it. I make it through. And it's been four years now that I haven't lived at home. And it's hard. I love to go home. I love to see my family, but I also do love my independence. And I don't regret it, but there was times that I did. 
And I'd like to say I'm still a good kid, even though I am the black sheep of the family. You are. (laughs) But I learned a lot being on on my own and able to provide for myself, realize that, oh, I'm low on money. I can't just call mom because we don't have that same relationship. She might pick up the pieces, but she's not going to be happy about it. And at times there wasn't a point where I felt like I could call her. There was a lot of times I dealt with a lot of things alone because I didn't want my mom to realize that maybe I wasn't regretting it all the way, but I wasn't in the right spot at the time. So I did a lot alone and we mended our relationship and things got better and they're still not great, but they got better and we're building a relationship off of the people we are today. What would you, is there anything you would have done differently from that four years looking back? I probably would have stayed at home a little longer, this inflation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I, having a brother like Tucker, makes every decision in your life questionable. You, I drive more careful. I realize mm. that I'm, I have someone to live for. I have someone that won't understand why I don't come over that Sunday. Mm. So your actions are different when you have someone like that. And it's hard, definitely hard to be out on my own and realize that if, God forbid, something ever happened to Tucker, I have a lot of time that I haven't spent with him and a lot of time that I took for granted. So yeah, I definitely have regrets, but I don't know if I, if I went back, I don't know if I, I probably still would have made the same decisions. Mm. I can't say I wouldn't. Yeah. Cause what did you learn about yourself, McClay? <laughs> that I'm very strong headed. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm doing it, I'm doing it. All in. Yep. I do have to say she's not the black sheep. And it was when I said, uh, very hard for me because I'm used to controlling Rylan always. One day he came home and he said, mom, you're a lawnmower parent. And I was like, do you mean a helicopter parent? He's like, no, I saw it on the news. You're a lawnmower parent. And when McClay moved, it was, it was so hard. So I had to look up what a lawnmower parent was. And it's, it is who I am. Um, I am the mom that wants to go ahead and trim the edges and, you know, and pick up all the toys in the way of my kids and, Um, I'm the one that wants to foresee and protect every decision that they make. And then when she moved, um, I didn't have any control. I didn't have, and I wouldn't even say control. I didn't have um, the apprehensions and the things I was afraid of because I I tend to function from fear. And I didn't have those things. I didn't know when she was coming home at night. I didn't know that she made it home at night. I didn't know those things. And so um, the only way to be a survivor in that and to survive myself was to distance myself, which was um, the hardest thing when your best friend is no longer there. Mm. Um, she, she's paving her own path. Um, and, and she's right. It, it has been hard and we are lucky enough to have seriously went down some really, really hard roads and, uh, and, and we're learning we're work in progress, but we are learning to rebuild a relationship and a friendship where we are today. Um, that doesn't mean it's or it, it's easy because it's it's really hard. I I want to have her sleep in the trundle beside my bed. Control. <laughs> you want to control. I don't want to control. A trundle. I, I do. Love it. She wants to control. It's a possibility. <laughs> um, 
if I could, if I could carry all the crosses and, and bear all the hurts and anguish and pain that for my family, oh, I would, I'd carry it on all four foot 11 of me. And so to know that she's not under my household and under my roof, um, it, it, it definitely limits, um, what you can do and, and being what I, what I can do and being a mom and especially, um, I think I'm this way naturally where I like to control my environment and just keep things particular OCD, whatever we want to call it. Um, it was only amplified by having Tucker because, um, I know what he says. I know what he does. I, every grunt and groan, um, any pain that he has, uh, he doesn't get to verbalize that. So, um, I have had to learn, um, how to control the situation in every way, shape and form. And, and when I said it's, it's kind of a good and a bad, and this is where it rolls over onto my other kids. Um, I attempt to, to save them, to protect them, to control everything good and bad, um, that I can. And when they move out, you don't have any of that. Um, I personally struggle with, with, uh, if I could put a tracker on her phone and just know she arrived at her house, fine. I think I'd be okay. Like I probably would be all right, but she hasn't, she hasn't obliged that yet. So (laughs) I will let you know when I get home Monday through Friday, even on the weekends, but you will not have a tracker on me. (laughs) I think I can agree to that. You know, sometimes I got to check my phone because I don't trust her. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I just shouldn't. <clears throat> you know, as, as a parent, I knew at some point my daughter was going to move out. I, I knew it was bound to happen. You know, they, they, they want that independence and get out in the, in the big world, and I get it. I just didn't think it was going to happen the way it did happen. And as a dad, I did not want it to happen the way it happened. Um, I figured... You know, rules weren't that bad. Um, in from my perspective, you know, as a dad, I got to get up early the next morning on a weeknight, just be home. You know, eleven o'clock, ten o'clock, somewhere in there. On a weeknight or on a weekend, um, there's nothing good past twelve, one o'clock out there in the world. And I, I knew that, but there was so much in her world that it was, and I did not think the rules and everything were that big of a deal from my perspective. The more time has gone on, the more I've matured and grown, and I've had the chance to look back from her perspective of um, she's wanting to pave her own way. She, she's my daughter 100% that she she wants to get out in the big world and experience things. Um, she's strong, hard, and independent. Um, she, she's a very powerful young, young woman, and um, she was ready. She was ready to get out there. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't ready for her to get out there. And the, the day she decided to leave out of anger from those rules that I, from my perspective, didn't think they were a big deal, but from her perspective, they were, um, I told her she was walking out the door that the choice she's making right now is going to alter the course of your life forever. Um, and from my perspective, it's not going to be the better one day you realize it, but it's not today. And sometimes I hear those words that wake me up in the middle of the night that I'm, they just like echo in my head that I'm like, did I didn't choose the right words. Maybe I, I shouldn't have said that the way, the way I did. Um, Cause they are going to alter the course of her life forever, but they're not necessarily for the worse. And 
I chose words out of being hurt as well. Um, but that's something, again, I have to live with. And there's no turning back now. Um, she's a big girl out in the big world now. and um, I still have the trundle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got a trundle. Hey, who doesn't want a queen bed with a trundle? By the way, in case you were looking, it's extremely hard to find. But ooh, Tucker's only getting bigger and older. And our bed was just too small for us, all of us, for three of us, even though we're under five. Okay, five. We sound like creeps for a second. <laughs> Little Tucker would wake up in the middle of the night and dive in our bed, whether he was scared or cold or whatever. We have no clue. But that door of his would open and you hear the pitter patter down the hallway. And the next thing you'd feel is a Superman dive right in the middle or on top of us. And we're like, oh, here he's, he's in, he's in. But, um, he's, he sleeps like a bear and you don't have any room. I definitely didn't have any room. So anybody else in that bed wouldn't have any room. Um, so that's when the trundle came in and, and yes, yeah, so we're not creeps. It's not, it's not creepy, but he, he, he's one heck of a shot too. I never said we were creeps. It's highly coveted. It, it sounded creepy. <laughs> you sound creepy. <laughs> so you've now got to, to, you know, just share for a minute. And, you know, I, I have to say that McClay, I'm proud of you. Thank you. And, and I know that your parents are proud of you. They really are. Um, and it is a heck of a journey. It is. Um, and the cool thing is, is you got to pave a way for your little brother, you know, where his life could just be so easy and he could have everything so easy. <laughs> right. Oh no. Oh no. So let's dive in. Yes. Yeah, let's, let's talk, let's talk about Ryland for a minute. Um, well, that's where the lawnmower parent came in. Yeah. So after your sister moved out, then it was lawnmower parent time. Oh yeah. It, I, I got a tracker on my phone. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a little rough, but we're making progress. <laughs> Gotta figure out new ways. <laughs> yeah. So, so feedback, what, well, what feedback would you give your mom right now? And remember feedback from class where you get to give them some honest, you know, you know, leadership qualities that you see in her. So there's, a, there's many leadership qualities you see in your mom, right? And your dad. Oh yeah. And then there's the ways in which you know that they have room for improvement, right? Yes. Yeah. So this is the opportunity you have to give some feedback. Um, well, they're great parents. They've made they've made some sacrifices and all that, but it was truly for the better. My mom, she would be really protective over me. She wouldn't let me play football until I was probably about twelve. You're welcome. Yeah, that was all thanks to my dad that I got to play. And then wrestling came along, and that was... You're welcome. <laughs> I pushed you on wrestling, and I finally let you sign up for football. But you were just a little guy. She was scared of me breaking an arm or something. But you were telling her the, the great big things come in little bitty packages, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. So, and he killed it. Yep. Some Somehow, everything I do, I... Turn to the best and then. Oh, humble the yourself. <laughs> <laughs> then it's on to the next thing and it's. Yeah, I don't. Something about it. So, how was it growing up with a big sister like McClay? 
Um, it was tough. She was definitely my role model, which could have had better ones at some times. <laughs> <laughs> she knows it, but I wouldn't change anything that happened. And you were how old at that time again? Um, I was probably 12. Yeah. Okay. And you are today what? 16. 16. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but at 12 years old, you've got a, you've got a big sister, McClay. Do you remember when, when McClay went to T, TLB, to Teen Leadership Breakthrough? Oh, yeah. She came back, and she had a fire lit underneath her, and she was doing it her way or the highway, and it was, it was on from then. Yeah. There's always that. They come back from class, and it's a good week of just straight hell. <laughs> there's, straight. there's fights every night, and it's a, well, I'm going to my room. McClay. <laughs> I didn't teach him that word. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> By example. You guys were a loving family. You came home and you were so excited to see your little brother. We've just recently got a better relationship. We used to beat up on each other and just oh, yeah. yell. Yeah, so that's this is a good this is a good subject to talk about, you know, because there's so many um, families out there and different age groups. And that's usually what it is. It's different age groups and times in life. And then, and then there's boys and girls, which, you know, different. So <laughs> I want to talk about your relationship with each other for a minute. And then I really want to hear Rylan about your teen, you know, leadership breakthrough experience, but let's talk about your relationship growing up. All right. We are eight years apart. Um, I treated him more like a son than a brother for a long time in my life. Yeah. Because I was so used to babysitting both of them and being the caretaker. So it took a lot of years. So she was bossy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> but, her mother. Yeah, but I was just, I thought the world of her, so I was glued to her hip. Whatever she said, I would I would do. Well, he wouldn't clean when I asked. No, I would not clean. He, he wouldn't. That's a boy thing, McClay. Yeah. But but he what he's saying is is you were his you know role model and yeah and and that he loved you and he was glued to your hip. And I loved you too. I still do. Just a little bit. Or? A lot more. A lot more now. We had a hard time. We were really rough on each other. We would fight a lot. We would yell. I got annoyed. He got annoyed. We're better now. We have an amazing connection. Um, it would be a little bit more if mom wasn't so much in our business. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I won't, I won't. But we have fun. And the eight years, I think, has taught us a lot. He gets to see things from a different perspective. But I also get to experience things first and tell him what not to do. I have already told him, don't move out of ang don't move out, out of anger and don't drink, don't do all the, these things that I was finding joy from at a young age. You grow up and you realize that wasn't helping me. That wasn't making me succeed. It was holding me back. So I'm glad I'm his role model, but I'm just glad that I get to experience the bad things first so that he doesn't have to. You remember your mom saying that just a few minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She taught me well. <laughs> so, so how was it for you, Rylan? Um, it was definitely something. I got in a lot of trouble because of her. She would throw me under the bus because I wouldn't clean. So that's where the relationship kind of went downhill at the start. When mom gives you chores, do them. Hey. I shouldn't have to sit there and say, do it. What do you expect from a 10-year-old? <laughs> to do your chores. <laughs> no, I was too busy watching TV and crap. <laughs> 
But your relationship now's is it's, what? There was a moment when she moved out. Uh, we didn't speak for a long time. It probably took maybe close to a year, and we we didn't talk. Then one night, uh, she came over to the house, and I was just I was done, and I I let her know how I was feeling, and then we just we've slowly grown from there, rebuilding everything. Do you talk to her every week, every day? Yeah, I talk to her at least every week. That's good. Yep. So I remember when you went to class, because it wasn't that long ago, number no. one. But I also remember the fact that your sister couldn't be there for your for your graduation. And, and, and I want to hear, you know, because you were kind of bringing up the the back end of the Doak family, you know, rapport experience. And then they were so excited for you to go to class and yep. you were so excited to go to <laughs> class. So I want to hear about your experience. Um, my experience of class overall, it was, it was definitely tough. I was the youngest in the class and I was really intimidated. <laughs> I had 19 year olds in there all the way and they were just, it was definitely a challenge, but somehow I stepped it up and I never knew that I could have uh, 19 year olds looking up to me, wishing that they were in my shoes or doing something like I did where they would got involved earlier and had the skills that rapport gives you earlier in their life when it's really not that long of a time. What skills? Um, just like leadership skills and just like knowing who they are. And not being so afraid of what people think at school or anything like that. Just doing what they want to make themselves happy. Not what other people are going to think looks cool or what's the new trend or something like that. Yeah. You talked about goal setting and the fire or the fire that McClay had. Talk about when you came home and your fire and your goal setting. Oh, um, I show livestock and it was, I went to class a week before the fair and then I went I came home and I was just I was on fire I went to the fair and I just I kicked butt there I never knew I had it in me but it really lit a fire and then wrestling came along and that I fought for my position as a freshman on the varsity team and made it and I it does something to you it's definitely a confidence booster. and How do you speak to yourself today after class? Um, I don't really speak to myself negatively anymore. I used to say, oh, why are you wearing that? You look like an idiot. Don't. People are going to make fun of you. But now it's, uh, I look good now. I'm going to wear that. Yeah. Nice. I don't care what people think. So, yeah, it helps you a lot. Yeah. Are you still friends with some of the people you graduated with yes i'm friends with a lot of them i keep in contact with them we all we used to get together but we've kind of drifted apart a little bit but most of them are now graduated and starting their own lives but we still keep in touch is it amazing in two and a half days how close you get to the people that you're with oh yeah i never thought i'd have like a connection i did with those people because I definitely get it from my mother. I walk into a room, and I will I'll judge people just by looking at them. What? Agreed. Yep. Oh. 
God, he sold you out. <laughs> Good dad, you sold your mother out. Yeah. Yep. So I want to, um, I want to just spend the last few minutes here. I mean, because I got to tell you guys. Oh, I love, number one, we love you guys. Uh, we absolutely love you guys. You guys just so strong, so passionate. And, you know, life shows up on a random Tuesday all the time. But you guys have experienced so much. What's what's next for you? I want to go around the room. I want to start with you, Tucker, and then you, Jamie, and then McClay, and then Ryland. But... You know, what's next? You know, I started tonight talking about dreams and and I know that everybody has those dreams. So we want to end tonight talking about what you will do moving forward. Like what's next? What are your dreams? What do you see for yourself? What do you see for your family? No pressure. <laughs> it's kind of ironic. Um, I was going, when I went to LB1, I ended up... Um, going last in the first couple processes and I learned very quickly I'd rather go first so the pressure was on right from the beginning and after that I was like that ah, first ain't bad I'll, I'll set the bar maybe maybe not <laughs> um moving forward in my life um I have confidence in things that I'm doing now um to where I didn't before uh there's nothing's really going to stop me but myself. And I, I don't Amen. have any intention of, of stopping myself. Um, I do matter in this world. I matter to my family. They need me and I need me. I need them just as much. Um, I've always put them forward or first in, in my life, um, ahead of things that I wanted to do. Um, when, when McClay was born, I had a opportunity at a record deal and I didn't have confidence. I didn't have, I didn't have any, anything to drive me to believe in myself, to push forward. Um, and I, I gave it up and walked away and passed up on that opportunity. Um, looking back now, if I would have had um, opportunities like building Utah youth, at a young age, I often look where my, where would my life be different now if I had those opportunities? Um, I can guarantee I'd probably be on a different path. Things might have been a lot different for me. I would have had confidence back when I was younger. Um, I would have drive and passion when I was younger, but it didn't happen until later on in my life. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, that's just the, the path that was chosen for me by, by the man upstairs. Um, Moving forward, I'm going to do everything for my family. I mean, that's bottom line. Um, but I haven't forgot about things that are important to me along the way. And, and I think that's important for, for me to understand that I don't have to give up things that drive me, um, that are passionate to me, um, and still not give my family everything I've got. I can do both. I can manage them both. Um, and, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep moving forward in, with my life and uh, keep loving my family. Love it. Let's keep going around the room. So for me, first I'd like to just mention, I know that we focus, the kids focus a lot on um, 
some of the, you know, the hard times and the disputes. However, I want to compliment them both because in our family dynamics, um, they, we, we bicker and we fight. However, we fight with a passion for the things that we believe in. And, and these two, um, we wouldn't be able to be where we are as a family, as parents of Tucker, as a family unit without them. So, you know, where we fight hard in some areas, we, we fight hard in all areas and, and that's love and passion and, and family. So, um, I, I do want to, I do want to thank them for, you know, their sacrifices and their love and the things that they've done, um, the things they've given up. Um, and I do know that they have a path, um, uh, even though it's hard. Um, one thing I have learned and I've had to learn to accept that it's not a bad thing. And we've joked a lot about being, uh, in control. However, I have to give credit where credit is due and, and the control that I, that I have learned to, um, have in my life has, has helped me to become the person that I am and become a survivor. And so in all joking aside, it is, it is something that is very powerful in my life. And I, I do understand that I didn't, I would probably come out with the same outcome, but just maybe approach it a little bit different. And that's one thing I've learned from rapport, um, is, is I don't like my outcome, change my approach. And, and, uh, and I've worked really hard in different areas of my life to, to change my approach. Um, what is going to happen for me again? I think in five years, I see myself doing the same thing as, uh, and that's fighting for my family and, and giving myself wherever, wherever I can possible. Um, I, I know that as a mom, you teach yourself or you teach your children, not only by your works and deeds, but by, um, the things that you do. And so I hope that throughout my life, I, I want to continue to show my kids by what I'm doing, um, giving myself to others or, um, taking care of myself, uh, taking care of my family. Um, I see myself, um, I don't really know in, in business or professional life. Um, I, I can't say that in five years I'll still be doing what I'm doing or if I will have more of a home focused, um, profession, I guess. Um, Tucker's only getting older. Um, he'll age out of school. Um, that is, that is something that has always been a fear of mine. Um, Tucker and I have agreed we, we, uh, group homes and day programs might be right for other folks. Um, but, but we just don't feel that's right for Tucker because he has a good support system. So in five years, um, who knows, maybe I'll be a director or a coordinator for special needs or run my own day program. There's a couple things that, uh, McClay has a similar dream, um, that she wants to do. And so maybe we'll partnership together and, and we'll run our own day program or um, sky's the limit. I know five years from now, 10 years from now, 15, 20, 50, hopefully, um, I can turn a century, I guess not a century, 100 years. It's my goal as long as I can take care of myself. But um, I know no matter the time, my goal will be my family and the health and the well, well-being and the love of my family. Love it. McClay? I don't know where I will be in five years, but I am working on putting myself forward and loving myself and having confidence in myself to do the things that I want to. I want to keep working on my relationships with family and friends and just being being there, being aware, being a good listener. In my job, I, I don't know where I will be in five years. I hope to be in a higher position, making a lot more money. That's a goal. Mom talked about my dream with 
It's okay to call out the amount of money you're going to be making. 1.2 million. Well, I better be. Good. <laughs> um, Mom talked about my dream about Tucker. And ever since I was little, I've been a CNA and taking care of special needs kids at the school. And watching people in assisted living have friends and have other people to go to and enjoy their company other than family has been good to watch. And that's something that makes me want to be able to have an assisted living that I run, that I own, that I can set a room aside for my brother when time comes, or even if it's just come and stay for the weekend, do whatever has to be done. He can come and go. He can have friends and family there. He can be accepted. I can have cameras in wherever I want and keep track of him. I get to control who's taking care of him. It's not a question of, do we trust these people with him anymore? It's I know I can trust them because I hired them and I get to pick who's with my brother. So that is something that I want. That is something that I strive to do. And that's why I need to make more money. Baby steps. I'm not ready for him to leave. Just a day program. Well, duh. <laughs> um, I really don't know where I'll be in five years. I'm still very young and it's just, I'm making my own way. Yeah, 16 years old. <laughs> yeah, most 16 year olds don't think about what they're going to be doing. They're just. But tell them you just turned sixteen and and you've got a new family member, right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you name the new ride? Um, I named it Frank. Yeah. Frank. Okay. <laughs> so so Frank has joined the family. Oh yeah. Tell them about Frank because it's exciting. Sixteen year old boy. That's exciting. <laughs> um. Yeah, I bought my first truck all on my own, and it's been an adventure ever since then. What is it? It's a 1990 um, GMC. Frankenstein. Nice. Tire size. Oh, whatever fits on it. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Hey, are they all four the same? Yes, they are all four the same. It's got a stereo, right? Oh yeah, it's it's got a good sound system. Oh yeah. (laughs) So we're gonna end right here. On I want you know we're gonna spend just the last few minutes. Anything you want to say to your family? And we're going to start with you, Rylan, and go backwards. So anything you want to say to your family to close this out, floors, floors yours. Remember, all that matters <laughs> come from your heart, buddy. Got it. Um, I wouldn't change anything about them or anything about our life. What happens and what has happened, what makes us. And I really believe that. I believe they, they put themselves last, which it kind of kind of crappy deal but they put us as the kids first and always their first thing to do looking forward to um yeah I just I love them thank you for them pushing me or in everything I do even if they can be tracking me by my every move (laughs) yeah I can I can see whenever you look at my location mom (laughs) but I'm not doing it enough (laughs) I wouldn't change anything. I love them. I would like to say that I appreciate you guys loving me for who I am and my mistakes and all. And I know it hasn't been hard. I've put you guys through hell and back a thousand times, but you guys stick by my side and that's something that I couldn't be more grateful for. Mm. I love the life that you've given us and I love that you gave us the opportunity to have Tucker and to take on responsibility. I know that the responsibility that I've taken on is going to show up 
later on in my life when I'm a mom. And I just can't thank you guys enough for loving me and loving all of us. Sheesh, how do you follow that up? Um, through tears. Thank you, guys. Um, I'm grateful for my spouse. Um, call him husband. Um, I'm grateful that he gave me these kids and, and uh, sacrificed so much to provide for us. Um, I'm grateful that we fought through. And I'm grateful that that day he saw, you know, something in me that I didn't see in myself and, and knew that I was the one. Um, I may not have fallen that quick, but it didn't take me long to be right on, right on his heels. Um, these kids in front of me, um, blessings. I, you know, we tease, we go back and forth, um, but they give me purpose. They give me life. And to go from being told you'll never have kids to, to having three of, in my opinion, the best kids ever, um, flaws and all, we all have them. And, uh, I would not change a minute of my life. Um, even the hard times, even the times that I was crawling on my hands and knees, wondering who I was and where I was going and whether I was messing it all up, which is still a daily thing. Um, I absolutely beyond a shout, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, know how blessed I am. And there's not a moment or a second that I, that I even question um, why I was given the kids that I was given. A daughter that will pave the way and sacrifice her youth to help me raise two boys and a little brother that a little big brother that um, treats Tucker normal um, allows him to be the kid that's getting thrown on the ground and wrestled with. And when I want him to be gentle and I tell him to, to settle down, you might hurt him. He's like, mom, he's fine. He's fine. You know, and, and to little Tuck for um, everything. Um, gosh, it's been a wild ride. But I would not in a million years trade any of them, especially him. I mean, especially, that's probably the wrong word, but I would not trade all of it for anything. Follow that. Yeah, no (laughs) joke. Lovely. Well, I want um, my family to know that I love you guys with every ounce of my soul. Um, all the sacrifices we've had to go through to give you guys everything possible. Um, we did it all for you. We did it all for you guys. Um, all the hard hardships we've gone through. Um, it's all been for you guys. And when you guys, you guys both had to get braces and we had to sacrifice a lot to give you guys those perfect smiles. Cause that's one more step in being successful in life is, those, those beautiful smiles, um, that was a huge sacrifice and it was worth it. Everything we've done as parents has been worth it every step of the way. So don't ever doubt, um, anything along the way that it was for nothing. I love you guys with all my heart and, um, I can't wait to see what's in store for you guys in the future. What a great night. Thank you all for being here. I'm JJ Chanowski. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Youth Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website, buildingutahyouth.org. This is JJ signing off. Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. 
This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.org.